So together, we're talking about togetherness and whole, uh, God, celebrating how God has strengthened us. Um, I want to emphasize this thing that we've been talking about. We've been, we've talked to, we, we started covering last week about our gifts, our, our strengths that God has strengthened us, and we, won't, we don't want to take credit for it. But I want to start out with our vision. I want to be reading this more often, that where this is a part of our church, this is our desire, and to pray this to, into being, that we're about to being wholehearted. We're, ha- we're called to have wholehearted devotion to Jesus, authentic New Testament living, and a passion for Jesus to be made known. We want every lost person saved, every saved person discipled, and every disciple multiplied. That's our desire. I want to be praying to that. So when you read that up there, I want to make it maybe a little bigger. I want to read that because I don't want it to get lost. We, we sometimes get lost in the weeds like, what is our purpose? This is our purpose. This is our desire. And then we've been, and because and out of this purpose, we are talking about why do we gather we've been talking a lot about that. Um, why do we gather and what do we do when we gather? We talked a lot about that. That's a huge list. If you got my notes, it's on there. Um, if you didn't get my notes, let me know and I can get you an email. I can get your email. Um, but we're about making disciples, witnessing, studying the word, spring one another on, learning, applying the word. I'm just going to skip through a few in prayer, worship, because God commands us to, to love one another, to encourage one another, to bring God's healing and deliverance, to sharpen one another. This is what we're called to do, and we get to do this, and we've discussed, well, why do we even, I'm gonna, before I move to the slide, we, why, we, why are we doing this? Because we don't want to be about overcomplicating why we gather, because we sometimes overcomplicate, and it becomes about the stuff before the purpose. We need to have vision and purpose before we add this stuff in. Like, you know, you could say, well, churches do this. Well, like, why do they do that? Well, the purpose is this, that, you know, like our vision, we want to make disciples. We want to see disciples discipled and raised and multiplied. Well, then, yeah, let's, if that, it falls in line with that vision, then let's do that. Not because we are, because other people say so, but because this is what God's calling us to do. So we want to not overcomplicate it, but we want to know what our purpose is. And if this is the biblical purpose, are we walking in the fullness of it? We want to walk in the fullness and we've discussed about this. I think this is all leading up to what we've been talking about, this, the gifts, you know, the, the, the strengths that we have. We talked about the importance of obeying God and his leadership. We talked about the importance of seeking the Lord's leadership together, fasting and praying and seeking his ways. In summer, we want to pursue Jesus. We want, we know, let's see, I wrote this and I have a typo, so I'm going to have to read what I meant. We want... <laughs> And you probably saw it here because I sent you my notes. Um, we want to pursue Jesus, and we want to know what it looks like. We, want, we now know what it looks like because when we see all these things that we're talking about, these biblical promises, we now know what it looks like. And now we want to do it together. And I want to emphasize, this is where God has strengthened us. These are our top five strengths. This is like, if you want to call it an A to A minus, this is our A and A minuses, all right? A plus A minuses. These are our A's, okay? We have a really great ability to love one another. I, I wholeheartedly agree with this. We receive the love of Christ very well. Like you see it this morning, it's just beautiful. We're good about encouragement and praying for one another. And if you doubt that, you should have, you, you maybe fell asleep this morning because I saw a lot of that this morning, okay? There's a lot of that this morning. We praise, we worship, and we're a good sounding board, which means at least for what we're striving for, is we want to be about the word. We're trying to find ourselves plumb line and a good sounding board of how, do you see this in God? Like, 
and emphasizing and encouraging that and, and backing that up. And I broke it down up into two points. I believe this is where our strengths are, and I believe our strengths are upward and inward. But I'm going to talk about this. So God has strengthened us upward, our love for him. And you can see that in our love for Jesus by the receiving of the love of Jesus, praise, worship, and sounding board, because our pursuit is the truth and the word. It's kind of a twofer. It's like a little bit of in, and it's also a little bit up. It's a little bit of the word and, in it, and with one another. And it's important that we premise seeking the truth in the word. When we, we're looking for a sounding board, we're not looking for opinions, okay? We, sometimes we get good about it. I get good about it. We want to seek the truth in the word. And even our life groups, our men and women's groups, you know, I, I see a lot of Bible studies and things that happen that it becomes about opinions for a really, 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 really long time. And we were like, before we know it, I can't remember the last time we've opened the Bible. And that's a problem. I think it's a problem when we don't read it out loud and read it over a few times and then read in this passage and, and how it backs up because we forget how to, we only read this little part in Scripture, which I love, and even in Life Group, I love that we have a part, but it's important that we back it up through all of history because all of history backs up this passage. And if it doesn't back this passage up, then maybe our perspective on it might be wrong. So we want to make sure our perspective is in alignment with God from Old Testament to New Testament. So we're looking through, we want to become plumb-lined into the Word, into the truth of God's Word, and not off our feelings, because our feelings can mislead us. It's important. So we're pursuing, I believe, God has strengthened us. We're, oh, I, I forgot to write that down. There we go. There's what I was reading off of. So, um, so we're pursuing the first commandment. We're doing good. We're, we've become really strong at pursuing the first commandment, to love God with all that we are. With all that we are, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want to give this a contextual idea. We often read what Jesus said in the New Testament, but forget where it came from. I want to read where it came from. We want to cling to what we know about God to be true and to echo those among our children, our family, our spouses, our friends, our workmates, like it says in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel. Oh, I'm starting a different verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build. I love this. He's going to premise this whole thing. Cities you didn't build, houses with all kinds of good things you didn't provide, wells you didn't dig, vineyards and olive groves you didn't plant. And then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This is so important because in one generation, you can forget a whole load of things. One generation, you can grow from a lot of things. And it's important that we love the Lord. And yes, we agree that we are growing strong at loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. But I want it to be about echoing that into our families, those around us, our workmates, because we don't want to forget. And he's talking about it. He's like, don't forget it. Talk about it. 
Not just a few times, not just when it's Bible study time, all the time. Every time we get a chance, every time there's a moment, bring God into the conversation. I love that. That's why I love when I sit with my kids. I just love getting to sit and like whenever there's an opportunity, it's fun. It's actually, I, th- I was just, I mean, I was praying because like sometimes I feel like with the Lord, I'm like, I think I fall more in love with you when I share with you, I share about you with my kids. I fall more in love with him because I'm like, I start looking at him more through their eyes and try to understand him with their understanding. I mean, and then they start echoing things. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, that's just amazing. Like, I think Elliot the other day was like praying for him. Um, it's like, Lord, thank you for the Roman soldiers who put you on the cross. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> then you, and then he continues like, because then you were able to die for our sins and save us. Like, thank you for the Lord, for the people that, honestly, do you even like them? <laughs> we, yeah, my, and then Judah, you got hit Judah in his justice mentality. He's like, put them on the cross, you know? <laughs> but that's how he is. We're just learning how to have mercy. Like, God has mercy. And praise God for both of them. They both just get me, they just crack me up. But that's the whole point. Like, right, we want to share and have those moments. And like, even with, with your husband, you're sharing things. And yeah, maybe... We're just praying that it's sinking in. We're praying that it's sinking in. And praise God, like, you know, you've got these years of, praise God, dance here for those reasons. You're like, we have people where we just talk. And sometimes it's a little bit dragging and pulling by the ear. Sometimes it's just listening and just saying, what do you think about it? But having those conversations to teach them to seek him, to love him. And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, my gosh, I'm trying to pray that for my kids. I'm like, I'm so nervous. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, let them get it. Let it not be their dad's religion. Let them not be pastor's kids. Let them be kids that love Jesus. I want them to love him. And John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. The reason why we talk this is it's going to lead into the other thing, because as I have loved you, that's how we know what God's love is, because he loved us first. And that's the only reason why we know how to love one another. That leads us into the second point, but I'm not getting there yet. So we have loved one another. We love one another because his divine nature, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. I see this in our church. This is why we love Jesus, because we realize where we were and we get to participate in his divine nature. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. But don't stop there at knowledge. Self-control is next. And to self-control, perseverance, because you need to not only have it in here, you need to cling on to it with everything that you are. Because guess what? When God says something and you're like, oh, I know it in here, it's not good enough. It ain't good enough. I'm sorry. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. This needs to be, it just needs to be clinging on to it. I don't let go of it. I have self-control. So when I have moments of fear, I say, instead of saying, I think he said 
I think in here I remember a passage of scripture said, do not, you know, don't be afraid, or I haven't been given a spirit of fear. It's like, no, I take self-control and I say, I don't have a spirit of fear because that's not been given to me. I have self-control and not only self-control, I persevere when the threat of fear comes against me and I hold on to that and I say, I'm Lord, I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to hold on to it. And it produces in me godliness and godliness, it becomes mutual affection because now that I'm afraid of people, I'm not afraid of what's going on. I'm actually able to love people well instead of operating out of my spirit of fear now. And then not only mutual affection, because mutual affection isn't quite love, it's now arrived to love, agape love. We're hanging on. We need to have it. It's a growth part. And this is the idea. It's growing. So we've gotten to a place, but I don't want to arrive and say we're there. I want to say, God, help me grow. If this is a strength, help me become kind of ridiculously out-muscled in my body, all right? Because we're going to be talking about, we're joking about like, you know, like it's like forgetting leg day and always doing arm day, right? Like it can become kind of disproportionate. Um, we want to remember that like keep those muscles strong, but eventually when we start talking about our weaknesses, we're going to, that's, that's going to be leg day, okay? We're going to talk about leg day. We're going to talk about our weakness, which might be our legs. And that's okay, because God can strengthen us there. All right, let's see, where did I leave off? I was talking a bunch. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is important right here. When we pursue this and when we get past the knowledge, when we get past the, just the self-control and thus the perseverance and into godliness and into mutual affection to love, when we get to there, it stops us from being ineffective. What stops us from being effective? when we're afraid of what will happen, when we're afraid of what, what won't happen, when we're afraid if we'll be ineffective, what, what people will think of us, what happens. We have a lot of stories that go on in our minds. I think, honestly, it's like 80% of our life happens in our brains, and really the reality is 20% is happening. We're, our brains are crazy. We just think so much, so much. We have so many ideas and so many worries and so many perspectives. Or even when we make plans, we make plans of what will happen. And guess what? It hasn't happened yet. Let's make a plan and then trust God to hold it loosely. Like I, I think Daniel was sharing with me, like, hold it loosely. But trust God's going to do it. But whoever does not have them, whoever does not have the self-control, whoever does not have the godliness and all these things is nearsighted, blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you, do not, if you do these things, you will never stumble. That's a big promise. That's a big statement. You will never stumble? Never stumble. Who would like that for their life to be that way? <laughs> yes, I want that. How, are we there? No, we're not. So guess what? We have room to grow. Thank you, Lord. But that's the whole point now. Okay, like maybe you need to figure out where you are in that pyramid or like that little ladder there. You're like, you maybe I'm like, I'm at, I'm at goodness. You know, I'm goodness with, I'm good, good with goodness. Or I'm like, I've got some self-control, but I really wish I had some perseverance or some godliness in my life. I wish I was provoke, producing that in my life. Man. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. For if you do not, if you do these things, you will never stumble. And if and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our hope. 
Yes, Lord. So as we were talking in John 13, 34, as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And I believe we're good at that. That's our second strength, loving one another. It's inward. We're doing really good. Our love for one another. That is loving one another, encouraging one another, and praying for one another. Those are our three strengths. Those are top three strengths. We already talked about it in John 13, 34, so I'm going to move on. But like the reality is by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. That's a big premise. That's a big, pro- that's a big thing that needs to happen. If we don't love one another, which if you ever look at some churches that don't love one another, I mean, you hear about it. You, you, it's, it's sad. It's, you, man, you pray for them. Look, like, Lord, redeem their hearts. Redeem them from this brokenness. But this is not what we're called to do is break down each other and tear each other apart. To love one another. First John four seventeen through 21. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. That is big. I'm sorry for this. I always, I'm curious of how big it's going to feel on here. So if it's small, I apologize. But I want you to, because I want you to be able to read it and, and read it with me. There, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Amen. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because what? He first loved us. I'm trying to emphasize this. This is not by our own, okay, let's, 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 let's go to the gym and work out and get our own strength and pull ourselves up by our invisible bootstraps. Like, we can't do anything. We can't do anything. We can only participate in something. It's such a, it's, it's, we can't make love in our hearts. We can't bring and produce love that is not of us. We need his love. So when we acknowledge he who first loved us, I can love one another. I can love each other. I can love my, who I am, I, which is, again, another prayer that Ellie, I love his prayers. Um, he prayed this. He's like, God, I love me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, love who you are. Love who God has made you to be. It's just like these little prayers. Anyway, so, but the reality is the reason why he can love himself and love who God's created him to be is because he was first loved by God. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So it's something that we are following. We're following his commands, right? We love one another. We want to love one another, but not because we love one another because we're, we just are good friends and because we just, we're really good at loving people. Some of you all are not good at loving one another well. That was not your basic instinct when you, you know, when you're 10, 20, 30 years old, you probably didn't like people. You might not have. And actually, Barb, I love that the part you shared, like, this is just not my gift. This is not my strength. But I do love one another out of a spiritual love. When I realize, I think you'd shared it so well, like, but it's out of God's love that I can love one another. But it may not be in the way I do. Or it may be the way I feel about myself. I, I am not a very loving person. I actually have a lot of thoughts about people. And I know that I have a lot of thoughts about people. I'm very critical. Um, but I say it's a spirit of discernment, which I do have a spirit of discernment, praise the Lord. But I, if I operate that out of no love, man, it's awful. It's awful. And I've realized that God's been trying to show that in the last few years. He's like, you have a great spirit of discernment, 
but your gift of love needs to grow there. It needs to grow. And so whenever I see people, I have to pray into the things that I do see, pray against some of the things I do see, pray into the things that have not yet been seen, and pray prophetically into their lives. So that's sometimes where I just need to stop and moment and just say, Lord, help me to love, because it's not my ability to love, because I know it's not good. But I know that your ability to love is amazing. And so when I realize your love for me, I can love one another. I can love the people who are unlo- unlovable. And I think that's what's been great about this church. I know that there's been a lot of people who've come in from broken situations and hurt and pain. And we love one another. We nurture one another. And we, we provoke one another to look at Jesus and say, look, receive the love of Jesus. That's so important here, to receive the love of Jesus. When we focus on Jesus, we will know what love looks like. As we become more like him, we will become a more complete in love. That's our heart's desire. Yes, it's strong, but I want to more, be more complete in love. In 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 13, but Timothy has now just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us, I'm just kind of thinking about you guys when I say this out loud. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we have also longed to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. Oh, sorry, I'm going to go next. How can we thank God enough for you and return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see, see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. I love this passage. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, because that's important to acknowledge you don't, you're not strong at everything. You're not good at everything. To bring in people where you are weak. Man, praise God for Michelle. I am a hermit. I could be a hermit forever. Well, I used to be. I'm, I'm a little better now. I'm a little better now. I, although I, I probably, uh, friend Kathy would be like, you're not an introvert. <laughs> you know, you don't have any of that. Like I, I am sometimes. I, love, I just, I can shut down and be good. But Michelle is such a hospitable person. She adds to my strength where I'm weak. And then for even here, like I know there's some weaknesses I have and there's strengths that you guys have provided. Like, man, praise God. You'll never see Jim back there, but Jim is a strength. Where I sing, I could be singing really quietly, or there's could be things you never know what are going on up here, but Jim brings it out, and he gets to play all of our instruments together with us, and it's such a beautiful thing. Um, man, oh, I guess it does go on, sorry. May the Lord make your love increase. This is it. Make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Increase. For us to be just like, oh, we're good. I don't want to ever arrive. I want to say, God, thank you for what you've started. Thank you for what you've strengthened us. And maybe it is a starting point. Lord, let it increase. Let it increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.1, it says, 
As for other matters, Lord, uh, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. And now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. He's not settling. He's provoking to more and more. He's saying, go for it. You're doing good. Now go on to be greater. I don't want to settle as a church and think that we've arrived, but rather I want to celebrate God has strengthened in us and ask for more. I want to ask for the increase. Like an athlete, I just think about athletes. If you, if you see people like they, you know, they, they break the world record. They break the world record. Okay, you've arrived, right? You know, now quit, right? No. I'm going to break it again. Come back, break it again. I'll do better. That's what an athlete does. Now you, like, how can you be better than the best? Be better than yourself. Be better than where God has already brought you. Now say, God, help me to increase. How do I increase? How do I grow in strength? Man, we want to be better. We want to be greater. We want to pursue what God has for us like athletes. We want to be seeking the prize. We want to see what God has us and, and spur one another on. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 17, we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters. Loved by the Lord because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth, because we're seeking the Lord and we're doing this with the, together. He called you to this through our gospel that you may might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Hold fast to the teachings we pass on to you, whether by word or mouth, word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus himself and the God of our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. And this brings us back to the whole point. He does the strengthening. He does the work. He's done this work. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. We, we weren't here because we produced anything in ourselves. We saw him and he showed up. We said, Jesus, we want you. And he said, okay, I'll show up. That's the important part. And that's something we're all kind of afraid of sometimes. Like, well, if I sit down and have a quiet time with him, will he show up? He will. And I think it's our fear that holds us back from encounter. He shows up. He shows up. He produces something we can't himself. And then when we love one another, it's not because we've loved well and we're good people. It's because he loved us. That is why we can say, I love you. I love who you are. I can, I can deal with the things that I, we might rub each other. We might chisel each other a little bit. But I love you. I love you. You challenged me. I love you. And I could see past that. I can see more into who you're, God's calling you to be. He reveals what love looks like. I think that's what we're, we want to do. Is I, we, we, we sometimes get in our place. I just want to make sure we get back to that place of not trying to produce something in our own strength and saying, okay, we did good. Now, let's, let's, how do we get stronger? How do we get better at loving people? It's like, no, okay, first, seek his face. He's showing us, seek my face. I will show you how to love. When you look at me and see how I love, you will love better. When you spend time with me, you will love so if we, gonna, we want to boast in him, we, so like these strengths that we look at, we want to boast in him, not in ourselves, but we want to boast more in our weaknesses because where we are weak, he is strong. Like 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, 
He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. His grace is sufficient. He builds us up. He is building us up as a church. But only when we seek him and we seek what he wants. We'll talk about our weaknesses. That's okay to talk about our weaknesses, right? It's not belittling our church. And this strength isn't something to be, it's not something to take pride in, in ourselves. It's something to say, God, I take pride in you and who you are. You've done this. Give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for what he's done. Man. And not only that, I just want to look back at that one verse. It's like that you, let's see here. Where was that at? Where did I lose my place? Oh, yeah, here we go. Verse 15. Stand firm and hold fast to the teaching we passed on, passed on to you. And I think about when we were reading back in um, that passage where those, the, the houses we did not build, the vineyards, those things that have been built, that have been established, those that have gone before us and have walked through it with us. If we didn't have Peter and Paul, we didn't have these mighty men of God that have trusted the Lord with all that they are, we wouldn't have a story. And sometimes I don't want to become complacent because, you know, so praise God, some, somebody gave us a revelation of who God is, and we, we receive it. We got this, but we don't want to become complacent. Like, thank God for people like, you know, Mike Bickle, you know, you have like the, um, the mighty men of like the pastors that we all appreciate. We love them. We love what they've given, but we don't want to take for granted that and become complacent in the fact that, oh, I know what he knows now. I know what he knows now, and I'm good. You know, I, th- I think about um, Francis Chan, like the, the mighty man he is. He loves the Lord, and he's pursuing. But like if I just said, oh, thank you, know, I can read my book, for, b- the book by Francis Chan. Like I read through it, and I'm like, oh, he's dug this well for me. I get this. I get to have this. And now it feels good to read that. I feel encouraged. He's like, no, pass it on. Pass it on. Like it is, it says in the Bible, my, it's this idea of not just taking what we've received, not just taking what's been given to us by the Lord, the strength, but passing it on. Because if we're great at worship, if we're great at seeking the Lord, if we're great at loving one another, how do we teach others to love God, to love one another? Because there's some of us that aren't good at that. Maybe. I'm not saying that about you guys, but maybe. Or maybe our little ones, or the people that are coming in, the new people that we're trying to seek out. How do we start passing on what God has given to us? Because that's the whole point. He says, pass it on. Hold fast to the teachings. We pass on to you. And now pass it on. Pass it on. All right. Last passage. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, 
for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and as some have become in the habit of doing lately, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This isn't just a word for then. You can see that this word is for today. Don't get out of the habit of meeting up together, praying together, spurring one another on. So we want to do that. We want to see all the more as the day is approaching. God is encouraging us to keep doing this more and more, to not neglect this part of the worship. Because I was, I was sharing, like, our greatest strengths can be quickly become our greatest weaknesses, right? I mean, if you see, like, a really, I was just thinking of a weeble, but upside down. <laughs> you know, like, strong, but flopping around. Like, wow, your strength became your greatest weakness. Our worship, if we take for granted that worship is about the team, and not about everyone involved coming in with a heart expectation, praying together, participating, that could quickly become our greatest weakness because you're waiting for this to spur you on. But when you're spurring, being willing to spur each other on, or you're willing to participate and you're willing to serve and sing, and we have, you know, I love the fact Alex plays with us. It's great. I'm like, have him, I'm bring him up here. Um, but like that idea of like participating, finding ways to participate, to pray, finding ways to actually be a part of it. Loving God and this intimacy with God becomes, can become our greatest weakness too. Because when we lack and we feel discouraged and we're like, oh, I, I am close with God. I am close with him. And it's like, wait, hold on. God, where are you? Like, and he is with us, but he's like, we've lost touch. We've lost sense of where he is. And we become, that comes out of busyness. It comes out of busyness. It becomes relying on here. He's like, no, you need to cling on to my word. You need to cling on to me. You need to have self-control. It has to be a daily thing and not a once, once it arrived time. You arrived and now you're good. It's like, no, God, I cling, I cling to you. Man, impress them on your children. Impress these on your children. Talk about them when you sit, when you rise, when you're walking, when you have a chance to talk about the love of Jesus, when you have a chance to talk about your love for one another. Share that. Man. So what does this mean for us now? I want to encourage us to do this at Life Group at your men's group, at your women's group, I want you to encourage you to walk in this, to give thanks to God. Give thanks for what God is doing in our lives with these strengths in mind, this love for God, this prayer and worship. Give thanks for those things. Thank God for them. But then ask God for an increase. That doesn't mean an increase in what's already going on with the people. I mean, praise God. Yes, please, ask it for us. Who's singing, who's leading out, Lisa, and, and you've know, got Dan and Micah. Pray for an increase there, but also pray increase for multiplication. Ask God for an increase in our intimacy with him for a deeper encounter. I think we talked about it last Sunday at Life Group. It was such a sweet time. Ask for God for a fresh new encounter or just for whatever he has for you. I think Laura was sharing that out. Just like ask God for what's next. What does he have for us? Being receptive for that. Because I, I love that. You know, even David shared, he's like, sometimes we just think of, have a tendency of, we ask it for everyone else, but we kind of forget he wants us too. 
And that was such a sweet and honest thing. I'm like, man, yes, Lord, for us too. For everyone, but for us too, asking for that. So I love that you shared that. So we want to make sure we don't do that, but neglect that. We want to make sure also, thirdly, to begin to multiply what we've been shown. Not shown by, maybe it's shown by others, godly men and women, but also what God's just showing us in the Word. Multiply that, what God has shown in us. So we want to spend three, these three points. If during life group, I want you to be praying, think, giving thanks. Maybe take a time and just pray. Just say, God, thank you for these things. Thank you, God. Secondly, take time to pray together and say, God, and on your, by yourselves, but pray together. Ask God for an increase. God, more. We want more. And then thirdly, begin praying and asking God how we can multiply what we've shown. So we're just taking those three points and inviting into that. Into that. All right, that's me. I'm all done. I'm going to pray for you here in a second, but is there any thoughts you guys have? I know some of you guys are not able to make it to life group, and I understand, or maybe to these different groups, but I love hearing from you, and this is a good opportunity for you to be heard. Yeah. Here. I'm reading a book right now, and uh, it's about Second uh, Peter 1, 3 through 11. Mm. And it says here, uh, now let's take, let's see, let me go down to here. John Bloom wrote, if we love God most, we will love others best. I know this sounds like preposterous gobbledygook to an unbeliever. How can you love someone best by loving someone else most? But those who have encountered the living Christ mm. understand what I mean. The key, of course, is understanding that agape love doesn't originate with us. We can't feel it, produce it, or experience it by ourselves. It flows from Jesus into our lives and even, though, and even through us to others. And what I, what I was originally going to share is Amy Carmichael wrote, I think the love of God is a great river pouring through us as the waters pour through our ravine at flood time. Nothing can keep this love from pouring through us except, of course, our own blocking of the river. Do you sometimes feel that you have gotten to the end of your love for someone who refuses and repulses you? Such a thought is folly, for no one can come to the end of what one has not got. We have no store of love at all. We are not jugs. We are a riverbed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you. We celebrate you. We just say thank you for the strength that you've created, you, the strength that you're showing in this church. You're showing your strengths through our church. Lord, thank you for using a broken and weak vessel such as us to show the heart of worship, to show the love for one another, to show the love for you and receiving your love. Father, thank you for hearts that are receptive to receiving your love. Thank you for good soil. And Father, I just ask that you would keep us good soil, that we wouldn't allow things to come in, that we wouldn't allow the hardness in our hearts or things, weeds, or tears to come through, Lord. We want our soil to be receptive to your word and to grow and see fruit and dig deep. We want to become like a tree planted by living water. That's where the fruit comes from. We don't know anything. You do it all. You provide it all. But Father, you ask us to be willing, and the only thing you ask us to do is say, dig those roots deep, multiply. Lord, we want to multiply what's been done in our lives. We want to share that. 
Lord, pass that on. Let not one generation forget the faithfulness of God. Let the next generation get it in droves. Let them get it in greater measure than we've ever received it. Father, the next generation, those that are coming behind us, that the love of Christ and the love for one another multiplies in increasing measure. But also, Lord, we also pray that for our weaknesses, which we'll go over. And Father, I just want to pray that we would have hearts that are receptive and understand our weaknesses and see the, the need to walk in full obedience in these things. And Father, we're going to need you to do all of this. We can't do this in our own strength. So Father, we submit to you our weakness. And, so, and we also repent where we are claiming we're strong. Father, we repent for where we are lying to ourselves, and we admit the truth that we desperately need you. We can't wait for what you have in store to do through us, and we want to be obedient and walking that out, walking that out in Jesus' name. Amen.